politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show, and thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking the show out. If you're a return listener, thanks for coming back and continuing to listen. The show is available on the following podcasting apps. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to the podcast using one of these apps, please click subscribe, and this will allow you to receive notifications when new episodes are uploaded. This podcast covers three different subjects, sports, movies, and politics. Each episode is dedicated to one of these topics. You can follow the show on social media. The handle for Twitter is at BendYourEarPod. This is also the handle for Instagram. If you want to email the show, the email is BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. If you're not using a podcasting app to listen to the show, you can always get episodes directly from the website, which is www.LetMeBendYourEar.com. I've been going back and forth regarding recording an episode dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. And strangely enough, I actually recorded an episode about a month ago that was related to this and completed the episode and the episode did not upload and I lost it. This is actually in the history of this podcast, the first time that's ever happened to me. So I joined the long list of podcasters that have had an entire episode scrapped. So I thought for a second about re-recording it, but then uh, quickly came to the realization that it's not going to sound as fresh to re-record that episode. So I basically made the decision at that time that I was not going to do a virus-related episode. Like I said, I don't really believe in fate per se, but maybe it wasn't meant to be. But as the weeks have continued to go by and now we're leading into months, I decided to revisit this the topic. And funny story, uh, I just tried to record the first couple of minutes of this episode on a different platform and it froze three times on the computer. So again, I don't know if it's fate telling me not to do it, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. I feel strongly about it. So I was only a couple of minutes into it, so I don't have a problem repeating at least a little bit of it. So as I stated before, uh, late February, early March, uh, I was getting ready to plan for a family vacation, which actually was going to start or did start on March the 13th. Uh, So I live in the state of Florida. So at the time, basically, as our vacation was starting, the orders were coming in to close down certain things. So it affected the tail end of our week-long vacation, uh, not the beginning. We had to make some last-minute adjustments to things we wanted to do, uh, places we wanted to see, and made those adjustments and then uh, spent a relaxing rest of the week uh, completing our vacation. So, of course, that was during spring break, which is why we picked that date. Uh, My six-year-old was on spring break, and we took that time to take the vacation with him. So once we got back, obviously his spring break was over, but Of course, that week that he returned, he didn't return to school because all the schools were closed. So we've been dealing with it ever since the end of that vacation. And for my wife and I, we both work full time and the the very fortunate part, and we both recognize and appreciate that and are fortunate, is that we both have jobs that allow us to work from home. Uh, So the work situation is still the same. And I am sensitive to the fact and, and my Heart goes out to the people that have lost their jobs. Uh, I live in a state of Florida with a huge service industry, and it's basically devastated that industry, and, and, and jobs have been lost all over the country to the tune of about 26 million people. So uh, the economy has been devastated by this situation. So uh, my wife and I recognize uh, the fortunate position that we're in to be able to at least still work. 
The second part of it for us is, of course, our six-year-old son, uh, who is uh, toward the end of his kindergarten year, you know, a fun year for kids, and, and that's been disrupted, and he's had to homeschool. The school aspect of it has been fantastic. His school has been really good about uh, getting us to curriculum, and thank God with the benefit of, of technology and the explosion of the Zoom platform, obviously, we're able to have him do his classes, speak to his teachers, speak to his classmates, and kind of simulate uh, simulate, excuse me, the the school experience while still at home. Uh, but the downside of that is uh, the lack of the social interaction that these children need, and that's been really the hardest part of this for my wife and myself. Uh, one of the two things that have been the hardest part, but this has definitely been the hardest. Uh, my son, like most little kids, at first when he found out that he didn't have to go to school, was ecstatic. He was uh, uh, over the moon, but I told him, and I wish I actually would have been wrong, uh, that uh, he wouldn't feel that way for long. He probably would miss his his, his friends. I thought for sure it would take him a couple of weeks before that would happen, but it literally took him about a day and a half before he really started to miss his friends and miss the school experience. So that's been kind of a, a struggle, and he struggled, you know, here and there with behavior and acting out, and which is understandable. And, of course, that uh, is a test of my wife and I's patience and and obviously, we're all under uh, a certain amount of stress or, or a great amount of stress when you're stuck at home and uh, your child can't go to school and you see your child is struggling. And then for my wife and I, as I said, as, as, as fortunate as we are and, and, and are grateful that we're able to work, that does present its own kind of challenges as well. When you've got a kid you're trying to homeschool, uh, making sure that he's focused on his studies while at the same time you're getting focused on getting your work done. Uh, and that's been, that's been a challenge. And... Uh, like I said, while we're fortunate, it is still a challenge, and and I think the mental health of people has been a concern for everyone. I think everyone has been going through pretty much every stage of every type of emotion that you can pretty much feel during this pandemic, whether it's happiness that you get to spend some time with your family, whether it's anger that you've lost your job or anger at the situation or um, sadness or denial. I think we've gone through all the stages that you can go through in the emotional spectrum on how we've been reacting to this uh, pandemic. So I think what I'm going to talk about a little bit more today, it just that's a little glimpse into what's been going on with me personally, but usually with this podcast, I don't get too much into the personal, but I obviously with the with the devastating impact of this pandemic, I thought it was appropriate for me to at least give some of my insight on the personal challenges that I've had. But again, I don't want to get too much into that because I do know that there are millions and millions of people that are going through way worse struggles than I am right now, and I am uh, sensitive to that, and I understand that, and, and, and it, and it uh, breaks my heart that that's the case. What I wanted to get into it when I decided that I was going to record this episode was what am I going to talk about as it relates to politics, and I don't want to sound crass when I say it, but this podcast deals with politics, and in the early going of this pandemic, uh, obviously there was some bipartisanship when the initial stimulus package was passed, 96 to uh, zero in the Senate, but then had some struggles in that in the House. And I was going to try to go into that a little bit, kind of the mechanics of it. But now that I've had a couple of weeks since the first episode that I attempted to record was scrapped, uh, my take is a little bit different here in the sense that I'm frustrated that we've reverted back to basically pre-virus polarization and non-cooperation on both sides of the aisle. So 
we have basically reverted back to tribalism and party lines as it relates to how we responded to this pandemic. And this is a kind of continuing theme going back to when George W. Bush was president and September 11th hit and there was Monday, here's a term I want to use, it's Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking and, and I've seen a lot of this with this pandemic and I've seen a lot of this with, with disasters that happen and it happens to every president. There's a lot of people that Monday morning quarterback, George Bush had no way to expect the greatest terrorist attack or the not greatest, excuse me, poor choice of words, the most serious terrorist attack on American soil causing loss of life since Pearl Harbor and his ability to either handle it, not handle it, make mistakes, not make mistakes. Uh, were, was something that you can't plan for. Donald Trump, on this hand, say what you want about him, like him, dislike him. I don't know. That's not even what this is about. He's dealing with a pandemic that we've had haven't dealt with in this country on this scale for at least seventy years. So there are going to be things that are done correctly, and there are going to be things that are not done correctly. And what I found pretty disheartening is the. Monday morning quarterbacking. And I'm not talking about asking questions. I'm not talking about questioning things. That's fine. And that's what the press is supposed to do. And that's their role in our democracy. What I don't like is the outright attacks. And like I said, this is not a defense of Donald Trump as a president. I didn't vote for the man. He doesn't need me to defend him or rebuke him. This is more of the effect it has on the people of the country when you have a agenda or not even an agenda let me take that back because i think a lot when you have 24 hour a day seven day a week news coverage there is an incentive unfortunately to create controversy to be the loudest voice to be stoking fires and make no mistake i'm not saying this as to say that the seriousness of this pandemic is being overblown. Absolutely not. That's not my take on this at all. My issue is the reporting of what the president is or is not doing. Uh, again, in the in not in the vein of asking questions about ways to make this situation as good as we can make it based on what's been going on or to find out solutions. It's basically to say every single thing and this is where i'm getting at when you criticize any president and donald trump i know is probably one of the most polarizing presidents but again i say that even with a grain of salt barack obama was a polarizing president george w bush was a polarizing president bill clinton was a polarizing president the last four presidents have been polarizing so i know people have short memories and and the things that trump does has he done things that other presidents haven't done sure but we're in a different time a time of social media a time just a different time that he happened to be president, but polarization with presidents has come. He didn't create that, and it's been here well before he has. I just think it's become uh, so bad at this point. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know polarization is one of the issues I discuss frequently, and it's a common theme in my show because I think it's a poisonous offshoot of our current politics. And again, uh, the polarization is apparent. It's basically... If you listen to people that don't support the president, 
Every single thing he's done in this situation has been wrong. Nothing that he's done has been correct. And I'm not the, well, it's because it's Trump. Look, if this was Barack Obama, as I stated, if this was any other president, any president, you're going to have, unfortunately, the pundits and the politicians from the opposite side of the aisle Monday morning quarterbacking and basically saying everything that the whatever particular president is doing is wrong. And that's just not true. It's dishonest. And it's basically, as I stated, when it comes to the media, uh, forget about even calling it fake news. I don't buy into that. It's, it's, it's news that is skewed to elicit maximum emotional response. And there's been a lot of reporting out there on both sides, conservative media, liberal media, anywhere in between that if that has stoked that. And there's nothing here that needs to be stoked. We all understand that this is a worldwide pandemic. We all understand that thousands of people are dying every day in this country. And we all understand the seriousness as we've all been quarantined. But some of the distasteful things that I've seen talked about is, you know, if you mention any kind of talk about when is the country going to reopen, it was met immediately with your a ghoul, your, you know, not thinking of people, which is absolutely not true. I think it could be said among reasonable people that health is number one, safety of the country is priority, but you still have to have the conversation. And this is where I get really, really frustrated with any kind of issue. Something as, 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 as innocent as a bill passing Congress or something as significant as a worldwide pandemic it always seems to me that we've become a society that basically says that we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. If if you dare to have two thoughts going at the same time or two opinions that might counter each other because you're working out a problem uh, in the public square, you're immediately vilified as one or the other. So if, if you're concerned about the health and well-being of the nation and are not as focused on the economy, then you're vilified as someone that is not a realist or doesn't care about the little guy that can't work. Or if you are a person that starts to talk about, well, we need to see how long we need to keep this up, but we can't keep it up forever because the economy is being devastated. You're vilified from the other side as a ghoul or someone that just wants people to die or or you have blood on your hands because you have, you dare to think about the economic impact of what this pandemic is doing to the United States. So whichever side you take on this, whether you believe we should be locked down until we can safely get back to work in a way that keeps us from never having to deal with this again, or if you're someone that says, you know what, we've been quarantined long enough, the economy is being wrecked every day, and we want to get back to work, you're going to be vilified and made to be some kind of devil from the other side. And again, this is where my frustration lies and this is where my frustration will always lie until this changes at some point i hope someday this world will change or even go back i don't know if it's going back is the right word but change to a point where we can sit down and have intellectually tough conversations with context and with looking at all sides and coming up with the best solution because i think this pandemic has proven if anything that we need to be able to sit down look at a situation take in new information change change our views, like my view changed at the beginning 
of March, end of February, where I wasn't thinking that this was going to be any kind of major effect on the United States. As the new information came in in the three weeks after that, my mind changed pretty quickly to the point that this is something that we're going to be confronting, and this is a imminent threat to the United States. So things change, but things can change back as well. Now, obviously, when are we going to go back to work? When are we going to go back to normal? That's the million-dollar question. And from what I've seen in the last week or two, obviously, that looks like it's going to be something that's different depending on where you live and literally depending on what address almost you're at. You know, there's already been a debate in the few states that have opened. Uh, The state above us, Georgia, has started to reopen. The governor made a decision to reopen certain types of businesses, and there's been pushback already from the businesses. So I think that's what we're going to see going forward. You're going to see governors state by state arriving at decisions either to stay closed at this time or to start to do a phased-in reopening, and there's going to be pushback, and that's okay. Uh, There's been protests in certain areas of the country with people that are done with the lockdown. And again, back to my my polarization, if you go out and protest for your rights to go to work, go to school, you're vilified uh, as some kind of crazy person. I didn't realize exercising your First Amendment rights to protest something that you're against is, is vilified. But again, it's all politically motivated because if it was the other side protesting something within this pandemic, then the opposite thing would be happening. So like I said, I'm not I'm not passing judgment on Democrats or liberals and conservatives because in this case, most of the people that seem to be protesting are Trump supporters. So, of course, the Trump haters are blasting the protesters. If this was flipped around, it would be the exact same thing. So, like I said, I'm not giving a pass to one or the other side because the polarization is so bad. Basically, it's if one says the sky is blue, the other is going to say the sky is green. So that's something that's, again, something that I rage on and, and it just sickens me that we can't have spirited debate without it being personal or without everybody either saying you're all the way right or all the way wrong when nothing in the world works that way. Nothing in the world works where every answer is perfectly given to you. Nothing in the world works where it's black and white. There always are shades of gray. There's always nuance and context and situational things that you need to look at when you're making broader decisions. And those seem to be ignored uh, in this pandemic. And again, Back to the kind of the personal part of it, like I said, even at the beginning of this, it was it was basically even people's responses to this thing is polarized. It's either they don't take it seriously at all and think the pandemic is some kind of evil government conspiracy to take away people's rights. They go on that end, so they're going to ignore all the warnings or the social distancing or the recommendations of the health professionals. You get that end of the spectrum, and then, of course, you get to the other end of the spectrum where... Uh, they, they go overboard and they think everything is is dangerous. If, if you get arrested for going to a park by yourself or running around or there have been some situations where people have been arrested for gathering in their cars. Uh, so it's, it's, it's always seems to be an extreme in either one or the other direction as opposed to reasonable review of the facts and going by what you get, what new information you get, and then making decisions accordingly. So again, what is the magic date we're going to be back? There is going to be no magic date. I think, like I said, this is going to be a phased-in reopening. I do think as weeks and weeks go by, I have this conversation uh, probably at the beginning of April, and I think um, I have this based on just my own looking at what I think the situation is. At the beginning of April, 
once we were locked down for a couple of weeks, I had mentioned to my wife, I said, look, this is my thought on it. My my uneducated, educated guess would be that uh, we're going to be done through the month of May. For me, I figured nothing would even be considered to be reopened on a bigger scale until June 1. I still believe that. I think take away the two weeks of March, I think April is really the first month of the lockdown. I know even though technically that's about two weeks in for most places in the country, but I think April was actual lockdown. I think the entire month of May is going to be how do we get to a place where we can start to reopen on a slow, measured, tactical, intelligent way that we don't slip back into another outbreak to the point where we would have to shut everything back down, God forbid. So my thought was that May would be that month of calibration, discussion, and those discussions have already taken place in numerous cities. Of course, I'm sure at the federal level it has as well. But I do think for me, it was going to be June 1st. Now, as of today, who knows, maybe that timetable is optimistic. The second thing I said, which unfortunately turned out to be probably true, is I my thought was we could get through April and it would be bad. But if it gets through all the way May into June, uh, then the economic ramifications are going to be devastating. Little did I know that it would come before June 1st. I think if we get if we get the word, and this is my thought, I think uh, come April 30th, which is in a few days, I, I, I believe, at least at the federal level, that President Trump is going to extend the guidelines until June, or excuse me, till May 31st, excuse me, to revisit opening June 1st, which is my initial thought, prediction, whatever you will, on when would be a reasonable time to start really talking about reopening on a bigger scale. Uh, so that's my still my thought, unless I hear something different. But this, that being said, if that ends up being the case, then the the devastation economically will be unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime. Like I said, the reports are the numbers, the unemployment numbers are the worst since the Great Depression. That's not an exaggeration. That's not something that's a surprise either. As we record this podcast, obviously, in the last couple of days, there's been a uh, fourth, or I think they're calling it 3.5 stimulus package that has been passed, again, to give some more relief to smaller businesses, some aid to hospitals to get testing ramped up. And again, this is something that is both a health devastation and an economic devastation. And my thought on this is both conversations need to take place. They both need to happen in tandem. The ramifications of reopening things uh, to the health and well-being of the United States citizens, but also the economic ramifications and the ramifications of people keeping people quarantined, or that's the wrong word, keeping people staying at home and social distancing. The staying at home part is is something that we all need to talk about. You need to talk about with your family, your friends, uh, and and. And anyone that cares about you as it regards to mental health, because people want to ignore that. But the mental health of people that are stuck staying at home is critical, a critical piece of this that needs to be considered when weighing all of the options on when to reopen. Because there are people that are that are suffering greatly with their mental health due to the stay at home orders. There are people, you know, including myself, we've we've I've had very bad days. I've had some good days, but I've had some very bad days. Uh, It's just been a struggle at times you know, seeing my son struggle with not being able to go to school, 
with my struggles with keeping work and 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 his schooling balance my wife struggles doing the same so that that is something that needs to be discussed at all levels federal state local from the top to the bottom macro and micro that needs to be something that's discussed because that is something that is that has also been a devastating effect of this pandemic but again i understand fully that what we don't want to happen and i fully agree is we don't want to reopen to only have to shut this down again because i don't think the united states economy can withstand a second massive shutdown so i am in the camp that thinks if we need to wait a little bit longer to make sure that we get this right and that we only have to do this once and then going forward we're dealing with it as a seasonal issue that we are prepared more to deal with now that we've been through this than reopening too soon only to come back here at Christmas or at the beginning of 2021 going, we got to shut everything back down again because there have been too many flare-ups. That would be catastrophic, I think, for the economy, for people's mental health, for 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 many different things. I think redoing this a second time would be absolutely catastrophic. So my I fall on the side of being a little bit more cautious um, and and maybe that only means an extra month. And I understand that even saying that only means an extra month, what the ramifications of that are. But again, if it means an extra month of really having a bitter pill to swallow for us to avoid having to do this again on the massive scale, then I think, unfortunately, that might be the price that we have to pay. And I understand what that means. I understand that there's people out there that can't pay their bills because they're not working. And another month is excruciatingly devastating and i get all that and these are the decisions these are the life and death economic decisions that our lawmakers and politicians need to be making and these are decisions that i understand are almost impossible you you're you're almost faced with a list of bad choices and you have to make the least bad choice and this is where i get upset as i said at the top of this of this episode this is why i get upset at polarization because the Monday morning quarterbacking is counterproductive, it's grandstanding, and it's basically, it's not done in the spirit of, oh, we're just trying to handle things in the best way. It's really done in the spirit of my political opponent, whichever side of the aisle I'm on, advocates one scenario. So, of course, I'm going to nitpick that scenario to the nth degree to make not only my opponent look bad, but to make me look like I'm better at handling the situation than they are. Instead of Monday morning quarterbacking, off, instead of offering really thoughtful solutions in tandem with your political opponents, there's going to be plenty of time for the sniping and the political grandstanding and the politics as usual when this pandemic is over. We can Everybody's going to go back and revert to their old behaviors, which I don't really love either, but the time for that nonsense is not now. There'll be a time for that. It's not now. The time now is to, as a nation, as a political machine, as a Congress, as the president, to come together with the only focus being what is the best way to combat this pandemic to get us back to some sense of normalcy in the shortest period of time without impacting people's health in a devastating manner. That should be the one and only focus. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing that 
and I'm again being disappointed at the lack of I don't even know what the term is lack of unity and I'm not saying you have to agree on everything spirited debate on how to do things is crucial and paramount and important but there's spirited debate and then there's basically nitpicking and vetoing any idea that your opponent has just for the sake of it because it's the opponent coming up with the idea so that's the part that's really frustrating to me so hopefully as you listen to this show this podcast i hope your family is doing okay uh if you are affected in the sense that you've lost your job my heart is with everyone out there that is struggling with that financially i know that's that's uh, a weight that sometimes is unbearable and even when you don't have a pandemic i understand financial insecurity is one of the biggest stressors for people causes divorces causes issues in families so add that on top of a pandemic and i can understand how devastating that is my my genuine hope is that the country can get back up and running sooner rather than later but my heart does go out to you you are not alone there's people out there that are suffering like you are Reach out to people that you love, your friends, your family, uh, a mental health professional if needed. Uh, They're out there for you. Uh, However you need to connect with other people, please do that. Uh, Hopefully we we, we will get through this soon. And uh, again, while I've seen the polarization that I've railed against on this podcast, I want to end on this note. What I've also seen is emotional beautiful stories of people helping strangers and doing good things for their neighbors so that's the great part of this and i want to end this particular part of the show with that with that point i've seen so many beautiful things people helping each other people helping people celebrate moments in their life in original ways whether it's driving by their teacher's house on their teacher's birthday uh, people driving by a wedding in cars people coming up with ways to connect while still social distancing. And it's been beautiful to see. And, you know, the people that have performed online and provided concerts to raise money to feed people that are struggling right now with getting, forget about their bills paid, but food on their table. So uh, if you can help, if you have the ability to help, uh, if you're fortunate enough to still be working Whatever you can give to a worthy cause in your area that's feeding people in your area that are hungry, whether it's a dollar or 50 cents or five dollars in this time, just like in any time, every penny counts. So if you can do that uh, and uh, you find it in your heart or your heart moves you to do that, I would encourage you to do so. And like I said, I've seen beautiful stories. So I hope everyone out there takes care and we are going to get through this and it's going to be really hard, but we will we will get through it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting app, please take a moment to rate and review. This is a quick and easy way you can help the show attain a higher profile in searches when people are seeking out new podcasts. Another way you can help raise the profile of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard or you think a friend might like it is to share the episode on your social media. This is another easy way to help the show reach a wider audience. The show is available on the following podcasting apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. Episodes can also be downloaded directly from the website at www.letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. 
Again, thank you for listening to the show, and I hope everyone has a great week.